Welcome to the Unmothered Podcast. Join me as we explore all the feelings and confusion surrounding the mother-daughter bond. Laugh with me, cry with me, and learn new ways to cope with what can be a very lonely existence without a mother to rely on. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, peeps. Welcome back. I'm back with another episode. And as usual, I was sitting around contemplating, what do I want to share with you guys? And, you know, some kind of situation happened. And this brought me back to some stories of when the girls were younger and just the whole idea of family. And so I titled this episode, There Is No I in Family. So you can't just think about yourself and all of your stuff when you create a family. And also, if you are an unmothered, this is the biggest fear. is like, oh, how do I do this teamwork as a family when I it hasn't been modeled for me? So how do we create this family that we deserve and desire when we just haven't seen it modeled for us? And so we're going to dive into that today and just talk about Um, What does family mean to you? What does it mean to me? How did I raise my family? I love this because now I can talk about this now that I'm a grandmother of three and more to come because the other one's getting married. So I know more babies are coming and I'm so excited about that. And mostly I'm excited because as I watch these next two generations coming up, I get to take a little breath a little bit, which I couldn't do when I was raising them. I was so afraid of all the mistakes and things that I would and did make because I didn't know what I was doing. And so hopefully I can give you some tips on this episode so you can recognize some things in yourself uh, as someone who has grown up that did not get the mothering that you needed. Now all of a sudden you're a team and you have to work with A husband that you love that wasn't modeled for you. You have to work as a mom being all things to everybody, which is impossible, but we try, which wasn't modeled for us. And you have to work as a team, as a whole family to ask, what are the feelings of everyone in the family, not just the things that are coming from you? So that's what we're going to talk about today. So one of the things that stands out to me, the first thing is the question that every new mom asks is, am I going to be like my mother when I start raising this family? Because all of that old baggage and memories start flooding into your mind. And then we automatically go back to bad habits of what we have grown up in because that's what we know, namely like maybe your anger issues or if you grew up with a mom who was very cold and distant and had like a huge wall up maybe you start becoming that person where you're avoiding or I see this a lot moms that are overbearing and overcompensating for the things that they didn't get as a child and so there's all these different mixes that we go into and Um, none of them are right or wrong in themselves. It's just recognizing what those things are and then pulling the brakes back a little bit to say, you don't have to be all things for your children. I see mama bears out there and helicopter moms out there. And a lot of times I know their stories of the past. And so I see them 
overcompensating with their kids, wanting their kids to be the best at everything because that puts a badge of honor as a mom in their pocket. But at what expense for your child? And so I think we have to be careful about tying into the way we were raised and being the mom that you want to be that's healthy and creating a child that feels safe in their home, not uh, someone who is overcompensating to the point where you want to make your child safe, but actually your child is going, get me out of this house because it's too much. So sometimes we're throwing the burden on our children to save us. And that is not the purpose of your children. They are not supposed to heal you. They're not supposed to save you. You need to do the work yourself in order to watch them grow and become the person that they need to be. And this is something that was a little bit of a struggle for me is that I wanted to be that perfect mom. I wanted to um, be such an opposite of how my mom was that I think there were times when I got frustrated with myself and with my kids because I thought, well, if I put all the things in place, then they're going to march in line and then that's going to make a happy family. And that is not what happens at all. And so there's a couple stories that I want to tell today um, just of things that I remember as a family that we had to, the reason I titled this is There's No I in Family, we are a team. And so I often tell people, we're not a perfect family by any means, but we are a bonded family. We are there for each other. We pick each other up when we fall and we dust each other off and say, like, we're here for you. We support you no matter what. And we just watch them through the down times. We cheer them on through the good times. And that's how we are as a family. But there's a couple stories that I wanted to share of how I really learned about not everything is about my past and what has happened and how I deal as a mom, but it's actually a team effort. There is one story that always stands out to me, and that is um, when my oldest, Ariel, was in competition dance. I may have told this story before. (laughs) You know, I'm old. I may have told this story before. But I always think of this as like, this was the moment when I realized our family was a team. She had made the competition dance team as little tiny, like six-year-old or whatever. It was like a super, it was like a tiny tot competition team. And she was adorable and she loved dancing with that team. But when she came back the next year, she tried out and she didn't make team. And I remember sitting on the um, bathroom tub in, in our upstairs bathroom when we had to tell her that news. And I remember Mike and I saying, this decision is not just our decision of whether you want to dance or not again. This is actually a decision that we make as a team. And I remember us talking about that. Like there's no I, there is a we. We are a team. We are a family. We fall together. We rise together. We make decisions together. And we let her make that decision on whether she wanted to continue on with uh, dancing and then try out for the team again next year or to just quit the team altogether and maybe try a different kind of sport. This is that pivotal time. Now, I see a lot of parents who who do this win-at-all-stakes kind of attitude. And that may work for your family because I have some friends who are, you know, their children are very skilled at certain 
um, sports. And so they're like, you're not going to quit. Like this is, you have to, you're a superstar. You need to continue on here. A lot of times people do it out of fear because it's like, we got to get that scholarship because otherwise we can't pay for college. So there's a lot of backstory with that. But I'm talking about just like situations where your kid is down. And here's the thing. As a family, you have to understand that when they are down, when something fails, it's not a failure. It's a fail in a learning place of where your family is going to go from here. How do you show your child that failing is okay? You can't, I've seen some moms say failure is not an option. I'm like, failure is a necessity and failure is also going to happen whether you somebody is the most perfect person in the world or not, they're not perfect. So there is going to be failure at some point. So how do you maneuver through and walk through failures in a way that shows them that it's not the end of the world, it's okay. And there is a mourning process to that. And and you should mourn that things that you have to let go of or lose. And you should also have another plan in place because you're never one thing. And so working as a team, as a family is something that is really safe and honoring to your family when you can sit down together as a family and say, okay, let's regroup. Like, what's going on here? What happens a lot of times is if you haven't cleared out all the the bad luggage from your past, it's going to be really hard for you to then give good advice or be there to listen to someone with open heart because you're being triggered back to all the things that you failed at, all the things that wasn't paid attention in your life, all the things that you didn't have a mom around or a dad around to really comfort you during those times. So if you don't do the work on yourself to know that as a mom, there are going to be situations where you're not going to be able to wrap it up in a nice little bow for your child. You're going to have to be there and be strong for your child and say, yeah, this isn't working and it's okay. Like we're going to be okay, but let's just sit with this for a minute and let's talk about it. One of the things that I found out too during teen years, so all that stuff works really well up until they're about 10. (laughs) During teen years, you're going to have a child sometimes that is very opposite of what you want to do And how do you handle that conflict without getting triggered of like, oh my gosh, they don't love me anymore. I remember times where I got in battles with my girls and they went in their rooms and slammed the doors. And I thought, I am totally screwing up as a mother. (laughs) Like there's, I don't even know what the next steps are. And I didn't have tools at that time. I wanted to fix everything. And I realized like I could hear God's small, still voice in me going, just leave them alone. Let them go through their feelings. Like I didn't want my girls to feel pain because I had felt so much pain as a young girl, as a teen, as a young 20 something, like so much pain that I had gone through on my own that I didn't want them to go through that. And that is a wrong attitude. Your kids are going to go through pain and you can't fix all of it. Let me say that again. You can't fix all of it. It's not going to happen. And it is the worst feeling in the world. You feel like you're doing something wrong. I just saw a mom this morning at the store where her oldest has just gone away to college and she goes, I was just thinking of you this morning because I, I need to talk to you. And she was telling me, you know, some of the struggles and things. And I'm like, 
Yeah, and here's the joke. <laughs> I was with um, Dominique, my youngest, who's almost 30, and I'm talking to my friend, trying to do the self-checkout thing, and I, you know, I, I'm Portuguese. <laughs> I cannot do two things at once. So I'm looking at the screen, trying to figure out, like, okay, do I run this through the scanner? What do I... And I'm trying to talk to my friend about her daughter being in college. And my beautiful Dominique says, Mom, you look like you're struggling a little bit. Let me help you. And so she grabbed my groceries. We just had three things to check out. So I was able to concentrate on my friend and her struggles. And I looked at her and I said, so you see the conflict you're having with your daughter right now. But when they're 30, they actually are like, oh, my poor old mom. Let me help her. And she said, just those words, let me help you out, mom. It was with no condemnation, nothing like, oh my gosh, mom, get it together. It was like, here, let me help you out. Because this is the family that we have created as a team. And so because she was, she works for me and she kind of does errands with me once in a while, she happened to be there and she said, let me help you out. And so she helped me check out the groceries while I could concentrate on my friend and um, her telling me her story. And I, I couldn't help but chuckle because I told my friend, I said, this is when you know it's all for, it's been okay. It's okay. It's all good because it's all been worth it. Um, we always think we mess it up. It's not fitting in place when you're going through the teen years and the college years and that in-between stuff. You just feel like you're walking on eggshells and you have this uneven step with your daughter. It's like, what is going on? Or maybe your son. I think it's more daughters, honestly. <laughs> Girls are really difficult and they're very different. And I think there, I see that with my daughter, with her boys versus her daughter. It's a different kind of dynamic, but each can bring their own set of issues. But I think that if you haven't cleared the path to not feel hurt every time something goes sideways, it, it triggers us back to our own mother-daughter stuff when you can't like find that connection. I'm just saying to you, be still and be quiet sometimes. You don't have to chase after them, especially teen years when they shut the door. It's like, give them a minute. Like you don't need to rush in there and be like, tell me all your feelings and what's going on and I need to know everything. When you are a team, you work together. So when the husband comes home, you can be like, hey, she's had a really bad day. Like, be a little gentle with her. Like, don't come at her so strong because her emotions are really gentle right now. When you can discuss those things ahead of time, send it, shoot a text out to him and be like, hey, don't come in and start bossing her around and doing all the stuff because her head's in a really tender place right now. I think that teamwork together creates a loving family. Again, what I always emphasize is like what you're doing today is going to create that safe place for when those kids grow up. They're not going to be like, oh, I have to go to my mom and dad's. They're going to be like, let's go to mom and dad's. Let's let's go do this with the kids. It's so fun. Like they're fun people. We want them to we want to include them. Let's invite mom and dad here. You don't have to be begging them to come and see you because they want to do that. They call you and specifically ask like, hey, we're having this on this day. Can you guys make it? 
they want to include you in as a team because you are a team. You guys are bonded together. They love you. They appreciate you because you're not forcing your love on them because you feel like as a child, you didn't get that. So now you feel like you have to give that tenfold because you didn't get it. You don't need to do that. You need to just work as a team, love each other where you are, let them fall, um, support their wins, and don't pump them up to this special place where it's like, you're the best ever and no one can beat you. Like that's that's just a an ego-filled attitude. It's like your kid is great. You should always praise your child, but don't praise them above everybody else. Like I just think there's a there's there's a timing with that that needs to come like you need to temper that a little bit to always give them the humility that you know even if you're at the top of your game and something happens you have to have that love to carry you through and support even through the down times you can't just always support the wins also one of the things um that i i wanted to i know i've shared this story too before but really important is when you have anger issues from your childhood and now you have these kids that they will definitely <laughs> test your temper i mean i haven't seen one parent go through it where oh my kid is just johnny's so great we just never fight i'm like well johnny's lying to you <laughs> He's probably not sharing anything with you. But there are times when kids will just get under your nerves so bad. If you have anger issues from your childhood, you need to heal those parts right away because if you're bringing that into the family, then you are continuing a generational dysfunction line that you may not even realize, but it's definitely going to happen. And I know I've told this story before of when Dominique was about three years old and she was getting under my last nerve and I remember just, I think it's in my book too. It's like I shook her so hard. I was so mad. I was kneeling on the stairs and she was standing there and I was just like, just get it done, you know, just screaming at her. And I remember just literally feeling out of my body and turning her face. It was like me as a little girl looking at my mom. And I thought, oh, I literally did that. I was like, oh, and let go. And I started to cry and she was crying and she had this fearful look on her face. And I said, you need a timeout and mommy needs a timeout. And we both went to our perspective rooms crying. And I remember crying out to God and saying like, you have to take this away from me because I don't want to be that kind of a mom. Now here's the thing with prayer. Prayer without action is dead. So I could have prayed that prayer and then the next time something triggered me back, I could go right back into that situation again because like I'm wishing for it, you know, like I'm praying, but it's like it's like a wish because I didn't take action on it. I went out and got some books. I went and talked to some other Christian women that I loved like how they were raising their kids. I said, like, what do you do when like your temper is just so huge and big? And they were like, that was the perfect thing to do is like, take a break, like go and breathe. Like you need to bring your temper down so that you're not reacting off of their stuff. And then also off of the stuff from your past. As they grew older, I learned how to really um, pick your battles is what I tell some of my moms is like, pick your battles. Like there, there's going to be arguments every day when they're preteen teens. Like if you allow it, if you're not listening to the stuff behind what they're actually saying, I would often tell my girls, like, I know you're mad about something right now, 
but you're not really mad at me. You're just trying to pick a fight with me. I think when you can um, work together like that way and really be more cohesive in, in what is really the issue behind all the other things that are going on, like right now this is happening, but like what's the bigger story? I think when you can work together as a team that way as a family instead of like screaming at someone, uh, throwing accusations, telling the husband how horrible they are, and then the husband starts yelling at the kid as soon as he gets home, that's not helpful. And so that's not going to build your team up as a family. It's not going to put you in a different place of moving the generation the needle of the generation into a healthy space. So you may have grown up in dysfunction, but let's break that off and create something really good. What do you want your family to look like as adults? That's the thing you want to always be looking towards. That day when we made uh, the decision as a team for Ariel and we asked her, what do you want to do? We will support whatever. Mind you, she was like eight years old, nine years old, something like that. And she was able to express what she wanted to do. That created a safe bonding family. And so we have continued that throughout the years. Um, There have been stumbling blocks along the way. Listen, we've had moments where my kid didn't talk to me for a month. And it was brutally painful. But we came to a place where we talked it out. We yelled it out. We cried it out. We were like, this is not good. And we've had to do that a few times. And each time it was done in love. It wasn't just a yelling, screaming match. It was like, listen, this is what's bothering me. And then they'd say, this is what's bothering me. And we would hash it out. And we had honest, loving conversation. And at the end of the day, we always told each other, like, we love each other. But but right now, this situation is really hurtful. And sometimes you got to take a little break from that and just take a minute and separate for a little bit and then come back and have a good conversation and then say, where do we go from here? That's what a team family does. And that's what I want for you guys. I don't want each person to be working individually. Even within this family, my two girls are complete opposites. In this family, my husband and I are complete opposites. We don't think the same way but we appreciate what we can each bring to the table. And so when we have conversations, it's like, tell me what you're thinking and what your side is. And then the same for him. He says, what do you think about this? And then there's a trust that happens between that where I know where his stress levels are. He knows where mine is. He knows where my strengths are. I know where his are. Weaknesses, the same thing, and with our girls too. And now with our grandkids, we have to look at the personalities of that and work as a team. What is good for the whole team? And that is the thing that moves the needle of generational dysfunction, creates a team family, creates a bonded family. That's what I want for you guys. So that is all I have on this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let your kids and your adult kids know that you always have their back. That is the thing that's going to create a loving, kind, beautiful, bonded family. That's what I wish for you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, I will see you later, peeps. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want to get connected with other women who share your unmothered heart, head on over to my private Unmothered Facebook community group. 
Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review for this podcast to help me share this message with other listeners. All the links mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes below. Bye, peeps!